Ravens are the biggest winners in the AFC Northeast offseason. This is a team that consistently is going to be in position to contend because of how talented they are. The reality of it is, those guys can play. In the AFC, so watch out for the Baltimore Ravens this season. Players in the NFL, certainly one of the best players at quarterback. They got a guy at tailback in J.K. Dobbins, who I think could be an all-pro. They got one of the best tight ends in football, a plethora of perimeter weapons, some health on the offensive line, a very good defensive line, one of the better young linebackers in the NFL in a top-five secondary. And no one talks about it. Yo, what it is. Welcome back to another episode of At The Bank. Baltimore Ravens podcast, Doug Ah, oh, It is Saturday afternoon, as y'all already know, because this is the time I always come on, you feel me? So this episode is going to be very, very dope, you feel me? Because as we already know now, the Kansas City Chiefs have won their Super Bowl, man. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs for actually winning the Super Bowl, man. It, it really shows that experience and good head coaching and knowing their actual game plan and sticking to their game plan really pans out. So as we can clearly just like to uh, uh, give the Kansas City Chiefs a, a, a great welcome, man, because like I said, man, they it really showed that they are a great team. It really showed that this team is 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 designed for to be to be put into a dynasty atmosphere, man. Also, while we sit here talking about the Chiefs, man, my heart, my condolences to goes out to all the families that was affected. And to their uh, shootout that Kansas City had at the parade, man. No fan should have to go live through any um, somebody's stupidity, man. So, like I said, my heart, my condolences goes out to all the families that was affected, to all those, um, to that mishap that happened in Kansas City, man. It, it should never happen. It should never go down where it's like a family-friendly um, atmosphere, man. And all people was trying to do was just show love to their team and stuff like that. So, like I said, man, my heart goes out to those people, man. Um, also, while I wasn't here last week, man, let's give a nice welcome to our quarterback, man, the two-time MVP, man, Mr. Lamar Jackson, man. Oh, man, I knew people. I tried to tell people that he was going to win his second MVP, man, and he showed that, yes, it doesn't have to have the big numbers that has the wow you. It doesn't have to be the normal setting of a true uh, traditional quarterback. It has to just be the most dominant, the best player, and he made the best plays on opposite teams look average. So once again, man, shout out to LJ, man, for winning his second MVP, man, because like I said, it's dope. Um, It's rare that, you know, we get this here in Baltimore and, you know, just to have a two-time MVP, <laughs> we already know that, like, was set up for LJ to for years to come, man. And and I just know that he's going to keep improving, keep getting better. The naysayers just keep on, keep saying what they the negative comments so he can hear because, like you said, he needs the naysayers. He wants the naysayers to be there. He wants the naysayers to keep his name floating around so he can just keep on building off that because now I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be focusing on him, not getting uh finishing at the big stage his playoff records and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure my guy is about to be on a fucking mission to silence those naysayers, finally get to the big stage as where he said on his draft day is that he's going to get us a Super Bowl. And I believe in LJ, and I feel like he's one step closer for getting that Super Bowl, you feel me? Just 
Just got to just take care of the playoff wins. And the reason I'm bringing this, uh, bringing this up is for the simple fact that we're in the offseason. Now it's time to start gearing up, putting some key pieces, and trying to figure out what's the best team for us coming into next season. So we're going to be sitting here talking about some of the key free agencies, uh, key free agents, my bad, that's coming up. That should, I think, that will be a good fit. And some of the guys that's rumored to even coming to Baltimore, you feel me? So I can't wait to talk about those guys. And I got to talk about some of the guys that I feel like we need to bring back so we can most definitely lead, uh, uh, finish what we started. You know what I mean? Get beyond the AFC Championship. Finally get to that big Super Bowl because as, as history repeats itself for all my flockers, Hear me out on this while I think that we still have a better chance of winning the, or going to the Super Bowl next year. As we already know, if you don't really know, that the Ravens appear in a Super Bowl every 12 years. They did it in 2000. 12 years later, two, 2012, the Ravens appear again. So we are coming up on that 12-year span where the Ravens is, uh, potentially could be in the Super Bowl. And it's in New Orleans. So you already know what happened the last time we uh was prepared for a Super Bowl to be in New Orleans. <laughs> if you can't see it off the glare, man, after some man, that is the Super Bowl picture of the Ravens beating the 49ers that year in the Super Bowl. The the when the lights cut off, you feel me? So just to give y'all a little teaser, get keep your mind percolating, you feel me, and give us a little bit of hope. But like I said, man, it's it's free agents time. It's time to figure out who should come to the Ravens and who should come back to the Ravens. You feel me? I'm gonna give. We're gonna start off with the five players I believe the Ravens should go out here and potentially try to get bring them as to the Flockers. You feel me? And I'm going to give y'all eight Ravens who I feel like that they need to really look into and bringing them back for sure should be top priority. You feel me? That's later into the show. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about the five players who I think the Ravens should go after. And this one particular player, I, I feel like he can play like a Raven. I feel like he would be a good fit for the Ravens' defense, especially with now with the new play calling. I cannot wait to talk about that, uh, uh, our new defensive coordinator in upcoming episodes. That our defensive coordinator most definitely needs some uh, another playmaker, somebody I feel like that he can bring this playmaking ability to the Ravens and help the Ravens defense advance even more. And it's a position where I feel like the Ravens are going to have to go in and get uh, healthy and go deep into depth about this position, you feel me? But no further ado, the first person I would like to bring up is Jalen Johnson. I feel like he's a good DB. He's a good cornerback. He will fit in with the Ravens. You know, the last uh, bear player that we got turned out to be a good fit for the Ravens. Roquan Smith, but um, Jalen Smith, man, he, he had 36 tackles last year. Last year, uh, he also had 31 solo tackles. He assisted in five tackles. He had one forced fumble with four interceptions. That lets us, because we already know that last year, what we bring to the table when it comes to turnovers. And if he could just bring that ability to the Ravens, man, we already know what, the, uh, what type of defense that we can bring. But what Jalen Johnson can bring uh, to the Ravens is like last year he didn't have the quite third year uh, breakout years that he thought he would be. You know, coming off of previous years 
with some knickknack injuries. But um, he was able to find common. He wasn't able to find common ground in the extension with the Bears. So the Bears might have messed this up before the deadline. And, you know, I feel like now that the Bears went on here and did their contract extension with Montez Sweat, this leaves the door wide open for this guy. And what he brings to this uh, to the team, what he brings to the table, I should say, is that he is a physical and technical sound wide corner uh, wide cornerback, which means that he plays great on the outside. Somewhere that the opposite side of maybe Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Stevenson. Because we already know that Marlon Humphrey's getting up there in years. And he's been suffering from a lot of injuries uh from the last couple of years, too. So we already know that it's time, it may be it's time to start looking um in a little bit of different direction other than Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is still gonna be there. I feel like he's gonna continue his uh rest of his career as a Raven. But you gotta also remember that these wide receivers ain't getting young, these wide receivers is getting fast. Um, have good agility, everything like that. That so we're going to need another corner other than Brandon Stevens, who's had a phenomenal year last year. So if you bring in another cornerback who can feel like he can hold his own on that on 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 the ISO or on the island, doesn't need that much help, and he's physical, plays into our style just right. I really do feel like Jalen Johnson would be a good fit for the Ravens, and I think that the Ravens should go ahead out and try to see um, a deal with this guy. I'm not saying that he's going to get big bank. I'm not saying that you hit him with a four-year, um, uh, let's see, with a corner, that's about 35 mil. No. I think that we should get this guy about a two-year deal. You know, like I say, he got to prove himself because he didn't have the best year last year. But the thing about it is that this guy, the abilities that he has, um, that he prevents targets as well, is now is never allowing a 60% completion rate in the NFL. So you, you can just see that he can pretty much hold his own. So I, I think that he will be a good fit for the Ravens if the Ravens would like to go ahead and take a look at him. Another guy who I feel like will be a good fit because we still need edge rushers. That's a position where I feel like we are still lacking in. We had good success last year. Thanks to EDC for going out. And outside the box and getting bringing in two good phenomenal players that fit, that fit real good with our system. But the only thing about those two players is they're kind of up in age. So I think that if you for a pass rusher, we gotta come down in age a little bit. Now he has uh injury prone a little bit, but a little he he has shown last year that after coming back off that ACL injury, he's he's showing that he's a solid edge rusher. And that guy right now is Chase Young. I feel like Chase Young would be a good fit for us. Um, he had 25 total tackles, 17 was solo, eight of them was assisted, and he had seven and a half sacks last year. And that's playing with the uh, Commanders and the 49ers. And I really felt like that last year, Chase Young really put his name back on the map because we all thought that Chase Young could be a bust. We all thought that Chase Young, he started off hot. But then we was like, oh, he always injured. He's never on the field. His, his ability, you know what I mean? His availability is not always good. So I just really just think that after having a decent year last year with the um, 49ers towards the end, he made a Super Bowl appearance. He really established himself as a, a, a good edge rusher. And I just think that um, 
he's not going to be worth a lot of money. So if I'm the Ravens, I will go ahead and try to ch- uh, go and try to grab Chase Young and then try to figure out um, a good deal for us. Because like I said, he's young, he's mobile, he's able to get to the quarterback, he can put pressure on the quarterback. He's one of the top young guys that put pressures on quarterbacks. So I really feel like that Chase Young will be a good edge rusher for the Ravens. So that's one. That's another name that I think that will fit in with us on that defensive side, man. Let's switch it over to the offensive side real quick. Um, Because you already know that uh, the Ravens wide receivers is is taking another toll again. You know, that wide receiver room may be looking a little different again this year. You know, we got Rashard Bateman. We got Zay Flowers to still still be there. You know what I mean? We losing Nelson Algalore. Uh, we losing OBJ to the free agency. We lost um, LaCron Treadwell. Um, we are losing uh, uh, another wide receiver also. I just had his name off the tip of my tongue, man. Damn. But that wide receiver room is getting a little bit depleted. And I feel like that the only way to elevate LJ's game and to keep his game keep arising is add another good weapon. And he's a big target also, you feel me? And the target I'm talking about is this guy, Michael Pittman Jr., who had played for the Colts last year. And Michael Pittman Jr. is really a dog. He's really showing that he is this guy. I feel like that he can be a top wide receiver in this game. As we already see that he had 109 receptions, 156 targets. He rolled on here and grabbed 1,152 receiving yards. He was averaging 10.6 yards a catch. That's an automatic first down. And he's also uh, had uh, round up four touchdowns last year. So I really feel like Michael Pittman Jr. can really step into this role and become a number one wide receiver. Yes, I understand that Zay Flowers had a decent season last year. But I feel like the only way we can keep developing Zay Flowers is to make sure that he has help. And if he can have help that can really open up the field for him like a Pittman, ah, man. That's that's going to really have our offense and Todd Munkin and really going outside the box when it comes to this offense. Now I think that Lamar Jackson completion percentage will go up. It just won't just stay at um, a low 60s. Now we can maybe hit the mid 60s now because, like I said, Michael Pittman Jr. is a elite wide receiver in my eyes. Uh, not, let me not say elite. A up-and-coming elite wide receiver. You feel me? So I just really just think that Lawrence Michael Pittman can show that he can stay healthy, which he did last year because he played all 17 games last year. So if he can just stay healthy, and I don't think that he will break the bank really for us. I believe we can probably try to squeeze him in on maybe a two- to three-year deal, but that will fit for the Ravens. So I really just think that Michael Pittman will be a good fit for the Ravens. Also, excuse me. Another good fit now, back to the defensive side real quick. Because um, we will be also be taking a, a little hit um, in the offseason with this uh, defensive line. We, we got guys like Brent Urban leaving. We got uh, Justin Matabike, who, who had a stellar year, phenomenal year. And just in case, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but – just in case we will, we will, uh, we are not able to sign back uh, Matabike, 
I think this guy will be able will be a good fit for us. I think that he will play and show us that he's a real good competitor. This guy is a real uh, one of the best interior linemen in the game right now. And this guy is no other than Christian Wilkinson. Christian Wilkins is a is a phenomenal um, interior lineman. This guy has 65 total tackles, 38 of them was solo. He uh, he had 27 assisted um, tackles. He had nine sacks. So you can see that he just not just a run stuffer. He can get to the quarterback. He got one forced fumble and he got two fumble recoveries. So I just think that. Even if we did lose Justin Amatabike, I really just think that Christian Wilkins can be that plug-in guy that it can fill in and demand a lot of attention. Now, I really do, I really do think that the uh, Dolphins will take a crack at him first. I really just do. But just in case they don't, I just think that the Ravens really need to pay attention to this guy. Um. Now, I'm pretty sure Christian Wilkins is looking for a big contract, man. And like I said, if we don't be able to get Justin Matabike, that money will can be left over for him. Now, I'm not I'm not knowing off top how much um contract what his contract, how big his contract will be. You know, what I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what's the numbers for um a D tackle, especially in his type of status. But I just really feel like that he will be a great stick. <laughs> for this defense, man, especially for Zach Orr, uh, first year play caller for the Ravens on the defensive side. So, Christian Wilkins. Now, my last person who I really think, and it's been a lot of buzz even during the trade deadline, that it's a potential that this guy was coming to the Ravens. And now that the offseason is here, it's like we are, we have the better odds and the better chances. This coming, getting this guy to come to the Baltimore. You feel me? And I just really just think that it would be a great fit just to have him in the backfield. Oh my God. We already was the number one rushing team then, uh, last year. Just imagine what can possibly happen if we get this guy, Dark fucking King Henry. Like, woo, that will be a major. Major signing for that backfield. Because you already know that it's King Henry. He is most definitely going to bring the thunder. He's most, just imagine of trying to tackle him and Lamar in the read option. Who are you really going to take? Do you really want to take on King Henry and that body frame that this guy had? Or do you want to take on elusive Lamar Jackson? So it's going to be like, really pick your poison. Because Derrick Henry is still showing that he's a top running back in this league, even with the type of offense that Tennessee was running last year, even showing that he was splitting carries with uh, the dude Nicholas uh, last year. He still had 280 carries. He still rushed for 1,000 yards, 1,167 yards to be exact. He still averaged 4.2 yards a carry. He's Still grabbed double-digit touchdowns. He was still almost gra- almost rallying up a thousand yards um, after contact, and he was able to get twenty-three carries over ten yards. So it looked like he's automatically first down. So just to bring him and Lamar in that backfield, 
Man, I know Todd Munkin will have a field day. <laughs> Woo! Man, I, I swear, man. So just imagine we can just get a, 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 a running back that can stay healthy. You know what I mean? Because I really feel like J.K. Dobbins is not coming back. I really feel like this is will be um, him moving on. Um, Keaton Mitchell won't be uh, healthy until about middle of the season, maybe. I don't think that the Ravens is really going to bring back Dalvin Cook. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people say, Dan, you ain't put mentioned Dalvin Cook into the mix. Um, I just really don't I don't know the future of Dalvin Cook. I uh we didn't use him in the AFC championship, so I I really just don't feel like where's his place at. But um I just think that the Ravens should really go at the Derrick Henry first. And if we can unsuccessful get Derrick Henry, then yes, go for Dalvin Cook and whatever. A good running back that's available during that time. You feel me? So, there are my five players who I just think that the Ravens should really take um, a long, hard look at. You know what I mean? We should look at Jalen Johnson. We should look at Chase Young. We should look at Christian Wilkins. We should look at Michael Pittman Jr. And we should most definitely look at Derek Henry. I just think that those, I'm not saying that we're going to get all of these guys. I'm not saying that. But I just feel like those five guys will be a great, will be good as a Raven. I think they will fit in. I don't think they wouldn't have no problems of trying to find an identity or anything in that nature. I just really just think that those five guys can really change and help Lamar Jackson get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's three defensive guys because we already know that defense win championships and. If the defense can almost replicate what they did last year, that's really going to help Lamar get to the Super Bowl. You feel me? So those are the five players who I really think that the Ravens should go ahead and take a look at. Now, who do I think the Ravens should most definitely take a second look at bringing these guys back? And I really feel like that they would make a difference. And some of these guys will not be too expensive. You feel me? So one of the guys I really felt like we should be bringing back and should taking a hard look at is Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, man, for number one, for coming off an ACL injury the year before, he damn near played every game this year. He only missed one game. He played 16 games. Out of those 16 games, man, he had 28 tackles. 24 of those are solo. So you can just see that an open field that this guy can do, can tackle. This guy is not scared to tackle. This guy can get there. Also, with those tackles, man, he has seven pass defended. Seven passes. Which means that I'm not saying that he's a shutdown corner, but I'm saying that he was able to fit in of whatever he, uh, when he was able to be put in. He's not sure every down corner. But once you put him in, man, he was able to do his job. He, he played stellar all year. All year. And people had questions about Ronald Darby. He was like, oh, man, he's coming off of ACL. Is he still going to have the same speed? Is he still going to be elusive? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? And he did all those things. Now, like I say, no, he's not a shutdown corner. Yes, he got scored on a couple of times. But, hey, what cornerback really doesn't get scored on? But – Throughout that whole season, man, I felt like Ronald Darby held his own. I really felt like Ronald Darby showed you that his career is not over. He still got some gas left in the tank. And I just really just think that it will be 
um, not so costly to bring Ronald Darby back. So I really feel like we should take a look at bringing him back. Another cornerback who I really felt like he held his own. You know what I mean? And he was playing for the rival the year before. And I don't understand why the Steelers really let him go. That was a crazy move because he is a decent um, slot cornerback. And I really feel like that as long as you have that slot cornerback, your defense can go real, real far. And the guy I'm talking about is Arthur Millette. Arthur Millette, man, had 37 tackles this year. He had two sacks. He had one interception. He had two forced fumbles. He only allowed 425 yards. He only allowed one touchdown this year. And he had five pass block, uh, passing uh, breakups. So I really just feel like that Arthur Millette really set that tone and lived up to play like a Raven aspect. And I really just think that the Ravens got to bring him back. I don't think it's going to cost you that much to bring this guy back. I really just think that the Ravens have to, like, I, I got to keep repeating myself. Bring him back. There's no other ways to really look at it, man. I I just think that Arthur Millette has really set up himself that Baltimore will be his home for the next upcoming years. If if the Ravens don't bring him back, man, if they're a defense, they need a good slot corner who can blitz and who can cover. This is the guy that you should really take a look at because I really, really believe that Arthur Millette really showed this um, what he brings to the table. And I think that the Ravens should and will bring him back. Another Raven I feel like they should bring back, man, is number one, he brought energy to our organization, man. He brought nothing but good hype. Everybody was pretty much almost writing him off. Everybody thought that he was going to try to be the drama queen, the, the guy that um, the wide receiver diva. He was going to be so much of a headache. But this guy really played a real good key part into our offense. This guy really um, brought that veteran leadership, that mentality, and winning mentality to our organization, man. Then that's none other than OBJ. I really think that the Ravens, if he's, I heard he's contemplating retirement. He's contemplating. But if he's not, and if we have that, Loose change again. I just think that we had to give him another one year deal if he doesn't get another deal anywhere else. Because I'm pretty sure now uh, teams is probably going to try to offer him a lot of one year deals, and that one year deal can be stacked up, especially when it comes to incentives. Um, OBJ really showed that he was able to be available, uh, his availability was better this year. He was able to play 14 games. He was able to get 35 receptions. He was targeted 64 times. He had 565 receiving yards. Yards per catch. It's gonna gonna be a little bit of a shocker. He was averaging 16.1 yards per catch. And he finished the season with three touchdowns. Like I said, no, the numbers is not gonna wow you. It's not the OBJ from where he was played then with the uh, New York Jets, I mean the Giants. It's not the same OBJ that that wowed us in that Super Bowl a couple years ago. 
this is the OBJ that wowed us uh, mainly because of his veteran leadership, how he helped and develop um, Zay Flowers, how he was able to create open spaces for Zay Flowers, announcing the outlaw of Mark Andrews and stuff like that. All the attention that he brings, he showed you that he still had that burst of speed left, and they got a little bit left in the tank. Now, like I said, it's, it's not the young OBJ. It's not the him making a one-hand spectacular catches or anything in that nature. This was a mature OBJ, the guy that was saying that, look, look at the glass half full. Look what we have now. You know what I mean? So I really just feel like that OBJ got to have a second chance with us. And I think that uh, Lamar was comfortable with OBJ. Like, no, he didn't catch him on all the all passes or anything in that nature. But Lamar was yeah, he had another security blanket other than Mark Andrews. So I would just think that the Ravens should get, take a look back and thinking about signing OBJ if he's down or coming back here. Another guy, a veteran, good key piece that EDC went out and grabbed, man, late. Um, wasn't late during the season. It was about – we was already in the season, and it was works that he was he, uh, thinking about coming, playing for the Ravens. He was uh, came to our training camp a little bit. Deal wasn't done. But then eventually the deal was done. And – I really just feel like that Odafe and David Ojobu has not really caught our attention of being that edge rushes to watch out for just yet. So I would think that bringing him back another year would do us do our defense good justice. And that guy is Kyle Van Noy. I really feel like Kyle Van Noy fit with this Ravens organization. He really showed play like a Raven really meant something. Now, like I say, he didn't play – uh, all 17 games with us, you know, like I said, he came on like the third or fourth week in the season for us, but he was able to get 30 tackles or 20 of them was solo. He was able to put up nine sacks and he didn't play the whole damn year with us. So I believe that if he was able to play the whole entire year with us, I think that that nine sacks will probably have been the double digit sacks. And this is the most sacks he had throughout his whole career. And he didn't play the whole season. He had two forced fumbles. So I just really, really, really hoping because he wants to come back as a Raven. He already has said that in his exit interview. It's just not really up to him. It's up to EDC. And I just think that if we are going to um, invest into these pass rushers, why not invest into the guys who showed you that they are um, one of the best pass rushers in the game? Because, like I said, man, oh, um, uh, Dafe Owe hasn't really showed me nothing yet. He he hasn't taken that next step, and I just really just think that he might have blew his opportunity with us. I just think that um, him being a Raven will not be as much longer. Um, so, um, if if that's the case, why not go ahead and try to bring up, bring back Kyle Van Noy, man, that leader pre- uh, presence that he brings. And also another veteran presence to who I think that the Ravens should really take another look at it again. And he had a phenomenal year, his best year since his third year in the league. Jadavion Clowney. Because number one, Clowney played all 17 games, all of them, not one game missed. He had 43 tackles, 24 of them was solo. He had nine and a half sacks. 
his second time reaching that since his third year in the league. He had two forced fumbles and one fumble recovery. Like, this year for uh, Jadavion Clowney was, like I said, was his second best year in his career. Second best year. He didn't play with the Houston Texans. He didn't play with the uh, Cleveland Browns. He didn't play for the, with the Seattle Seahawks. He didn't play alongside with other good pass rushers, like a Cliff Avery, like a um, Miles Garrett, a J.J. Watt. All of, all of those team, all of those good pass rushers that he played with, he never really exceeded his level expectations that we all thought until he came with the Ravens. And I just really feel like that he should finish his career as a Raven. We've seen that Jadavion County got a lot left in the tank. We see that Jadavion County, um, it should be talked about in not, not the elites, but one of the good pass rushers in this game. So I really just think that to help Zach Orr and that defense, you got to keep one pad edge rusher. And I really just think that between between Kyle Van Noy and, and Jadavion Clowney, I would choose Jadavion Clowney. I would choose him. For the simple fact that, I number one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Clowney is a little bit younger. And Clowney had went through the training camp and everything. So he already knows that what this uh, training camp consists of. So – I will go ahead and get Jadavion Clowney, man. Another guy. Let's go ahead to the offensive side. And then after that, I'm going to give y'all two defensive players who are my two top priority guys that the Ravens have to go out and get um, and put contracts on these guys. But one guy that I, I really feel like before I get to those two guys, this one guy in particular, last year he took a pay cut to stay with us. He showed you that at the that ACL injury that – he was back, and the wheels of the bus goes round and round. I just gave you that clue, man. Gus Edwards has the most definitely the Ravens got to take a look and cut making him coming back, man. We have to. He, like I said, he showed you that he's able to play all 17 games. He had 198 carries, and he rushed for uh, 810 yards. He's showing you that he can still average chunks of yards. He was averaging 4.1 yards a carry. And not, not only him getting 4.1 yards a carry, this guy had got 49 first downs, all in rushing. That's all first rushing first downs. What's 49? So you can tell he, he, he moves the chains. And he also can get into the end zone. Yes, some of those are short yard um, touchdowns, but he's still able to grab 13 of them. So I really just think that Gus Edwards, we got it. We got to bring him back. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, man. I understand, like, yes, Derek Henry is probably going to be top priority to try to bring him back. But after we try, and if we don't succeed in bringing Derek Henry, we have to bring back Gus Edwards. I really feel like that Gus Edwards – is a every down back. I really feel like Gus Edwards is a starting running back. And he should be starting with here, with the Ravens. He did all last year. He showed us 
that he is the number one guy. Granted, he didn't get a thousand yards, but I really feel like that he can break that thousand yard mark. I really think that Gus Edwards can be a thousand yard rusher. So I just think that we got to give him that opportunity. Whether we get dark, even if we still get dark Henry, I still believe we should go ahead and bring back Gus Edwards. Because just imagine you are playing downhill against two physical running backs with Derrick Henry, and then you can slide in Gus Edwards, and then you got uh, Keaton Mitchell whenever he comes back off an of injury as being that elusive back. And then, like I said in the beginning of the show, you still got Lamar Jackson who led us in rushing also still. So with that rushing attack, man, woof, woof, will be scary hours, scary hours. Now, my last two guys, like I said, I, I just think that the Ravens have to make top priority. Have to. The first guy I want to talk about, man, is Patrick Queen. PQ really showed us last year that he got to, um, we got to, we got to have to make some hard decisions. That us not putting that, uh, us picking up his fifth year option, man, was, 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 was number one devastating to me. Didn't understand it why the Ravens would, would, would do that. But it also lit a fire on the PQ, and then also getting that fire get lit on, underneath for him, man. He played exceptional with Roquan Smith. In my opinion, the best linebacker duo in the NFL. I understand Fred Warner and, and Greenlaw, but Roquan and PQ, man, these two was 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 the best duo. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to think of a good comparison for these two guys, man, but it's it's it's, it's just really hard to compare these two great linebackers, man. PQ had 133 tackles, three uh, three and a half sacks, one interception, a forced fumble. He put 27 quarterback pressures. He put 20 quarterback quarterback hurries. He had 52 defensive stops. Now, sometimes PQ will get lost in the pass coverage. He'll let some plays, if, if he learned how to just turn his head at times, I really, really feel like PQ would have had way more interceptions this year. I think that PQ would have saved us from losing to the Indianapolis coach if he was able to turn his head around. So I just really think that the Ravens gotta gotta we gotta find a way to bring him back. I understand that it's a possibility. It's rumors that um he might follow Mike Madonna, Mike McDonald to the Seattle Seahawks. Rumors. But I'm pretty sure that he his first desire is to play here in Baltimore. So the Ravens got to go out here and make it their business to get this guy and bring him back and pair him up with Roquan Smith to, to make it easy for Zach or transition of him being the defensive coordinator this year. Two reliable linebackers that plays almost every down is, is what a defensive coordinator dream of. But you know, one thing a defensive coordinator dream about is that one guy that controls them goddamn line of scrimmage that one guy that gets double teamed but still finds a way to get to the quarterback that one guy who transitioned from what he did the year before 
to what he did this year to really make his name for himself, to put his name in one of the top defensive linemen in the game. And I believe that the Ravens got to make it a top priority of getting this guy. And that guy is none other than Justin Amatabike. Now, I didn't set this in the top of the show that he is top priority. If the Ravens um, uh, 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 can't make a deal, then, yes, you can go after Christian Wilkins. But you got to go after Justin Matabike first. Justin Matabike had threw up 56 uh, tackles this year. 56. Year before, year before that he only threw up 36 tackles. So that's a 20-tackle jump. 13 sacks. Year before, he only had six and a half. So he jumped up in that. Two forced fumbles. His quarterback pressures. He has 77. So you know he's back there putting pressure on the quarterback. His quarterback hurries. Making the quarterback get out that pocket and rush his throws. He had 43 of those. And 42 defensive stops. We already know that he's a run stuffer also. He's just not just a guy that can get to the quarterback. He can stop the runs. He can. He's not the scared to go into the trenches against these good offensive linemen. He was making some of these offensive linemen look like college players. It looked like it was man versus boys. And I really, 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 really think that the Ravens got to make Justin Amatabike a top priority of getting him back. Because he's going to be worth the money. And I think that the Ravens got to give him the money to uh, bring him back. Because I can tell you right now, man, he might not be top priority to everybody else in his league. But I guarantee you, it's going to be a team that's desperately needing a defensive tackle. Somebody like the Cincinnati Bengals who's losing their uh, defensive tackle of uh, DJ Reader. You just think that? Justin Matabike won't fit good over there. <laughs> you know what I'm feeling? Uh, uh, what's another team? We most definitely don't want to lose him to you no know, uh, AFC North rival. But what if Justin Matabike goes to the NFC, uh, NFC uh, North and tag up with Matt McDonald? We don't want to lose him to that either. So, like I said, man, the Ravens just got to make it top priority to get this guy. So, the guys who I feel like the Ravens got to bring back, you know what I mean, whether it's um, a low contract or whether it's a max contract, you got to bring back Ronald Darby. You got to bring back Arthur Millette. You got to bring back Odell Beckham Jr. if he's not uh, going to retire. You got to bring back Kyle Van Noy. You got to bring back Jadavion Clowney. got to find a way to bring back Gus Edwards, Patrick Queen, and Justin Matabike. I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to be able to sign all these players back. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's just the simple fact that it, it would probably not. That was That's one of the main reasons why I felt like that last season, that 2023 season, was so important because we was losing a lot of players and coaches. It's not just the players that we lost. We lost a lot of coaches also. So – with this offseason, man, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle because of the simple fact that cap space, you got to figure out who's going, who we're going to cut before the cap space, uh, before uh, the new regular season actually start, new year actually.
a good team back this upcoming year, man. So those are my key free agents who I think that the Ravens got to go out and try to bring in. Like I had mentioned, we're not going to be able to get all of them, but if we can get at least six of those guys that we can start off with and then build around those six guys, man, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll still be competitive. I think that we'll still be that AFC favor, you know, besides the Kansas City Chiefs. But I just think that we we just got to find a way to keep ourselves relevant and make sure we don't blow these next five years that we have Elgin. We got to make sure we keep building a good team around him. And we, we got to make sure that everybody is on the same page. You can't just because of their names. We cannot just bring them in. Got to make sure they're a good fit. Make sure they are with the good uh, chemistry and make sure they are bought into what we are trying to do and what the accomplished goal is. And I think if the, the Ravens has done good, uh, good job, especially last year, of bringing in the right key pieces. So I got faith in the Ravens bringing in the right key pieces again this offseason. So I just gave y'all a nice list of top free agents that the Ravens offseason, and I really hope that the Ravens pay attention and go after some of these key players, man. So if you feel like that I missed some key players, because I know I missed some, some players, or if you feel like that the Ravens should go after some other type players, man, drop them in the comments. We can go back and forth and see that maybe it's a good fit or maybe it's not a good fit for the Ravens. So make sure y'all do that, man. Make sure y'all go out here, if you're not already, subscribe to the Grid Network. If you're tired of the same old opinions, you're tired of the same old faces, you want to have some good faces and some good-looking guys, you know, <laughs> that can also uh, deliver this uh, sports uh, analysis and stuff like that, and they give us a uh, way to express out and give out our creativity, man, come to the Grid Network. Dare to be different. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed those that we have, man. We got the guys like carving it up with Bryson. We got all even podcasts with our guy Barry. We got uh, the Sports Summit with our guy Tim. We got um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's my guy? Uh, my guy uh, Patrick, who's writing up dope articles. You feel me? If you if you want if you into reading articles, man, we got our guy Patrick who gives who uh ah my bad who had writes dope articles man and gives out great opinions so make sure y'all go out here and check out the grid network man also if you like our shopping um clothing line man make sure y'all go out grab hats t-shirts hoodies whatever it is that you desire to pull man come out and support us because like i said we're just a group of guys that's trying to gradually make our way to the top of this podcast world you feel me so go out there and support us and make sure like i said you hit that subscribe button so you can get all our contents when you get the notification when we drop you feel me so there you have it yo i appreciate y'all for tuning in and at the bank you feel me make sure y'all tune in each and every saturday at noon as i sit here and give y'all a dope of uh, show and what's going on in the news of uh, as far as what the Ravens has got going on. My next show is going to be dope, man. I can't wait to be talking about our new defensive coordinator. I can't wait to tell y'all who this guy is. You feel me? I'm pretty sure y'all know what it is, but to know who we're getting and why the Ravens chose him as our defensive coordinator. So 
Make sure y'all tune in next Saturday for that episode, man. And as always, big trust. Because why trust anything else, you feel me? I catch y'all when I catch y'all. I'm out.